yes we need to fight against the social injustice but that doesn't mean we cannot have peace within the two complement each other welcome to the drew perlman show think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear the noise and the talking heads in the news The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting-edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. Today's guest on the show is Mandar Apti, and for nearly two decades, Mandar has taught leadership programs using meditation practices for the International Association of Human Values and the Art of Living Foundation. In 2017, Mandar produced a documentary film called From India with Love, which shares the transformational experience of a group of victims of violence from America during their travel across India in search of solace, healing, and wisdom to reinvigorate nonviolence in America. He also started the Cities for Peace initiative that works with civic leaders to actively promote peace and compassion in cities and communities worldwide. Welcome to the show, Mandar. Hey, Drew. Uh, thank you for uh, your invitation and your kind words. You know, throughout the last four years since I've made the documentary, I have met so many people who have been victims of violence. I have taken about 100 leaders to India to walk the same journey. Uh, one of my friends who came on such a journey is uh, an activist in Jacksonville. His son was brutally murdered at a gas station. African American young 17 year old boy. And uh, it was a very bad, like racial hate crime, I think. And uh, Ron Davis is his name. So he lost his son to a act of like, you know, a white man in that petrol station where he was filling gas, didn't like the, you know, the rap music in the car of this young boy. And he came out of the gun and boom, 20 bullets and life over. And imagine like the pain of this father, like how can you not have that pain? However, this guy taught me a lot. Ron Davis has taught me a lot. He followed the court of law and now the white guy is in jail. And uh, Ron came to India with me uh, because, you know, we became good friends. He liked my cause and he learned the same Kriya breathing exercises that you have also learned. And he dipped in the Ganges river, just like you have seen in the documentary. It was just a very soulful trip. But I called Ron yesterday. I was calling him yesterday because uh, I saw him put photos on Facebook of his protest. Uh, And I said, hey, Ron, how can I be of help? Because the video that we saw from Minneapolis, like pains my tummy every time I think about it also. So, um, you know, protesting and uh, standing up against social injustice, how can you not do it? If you are human, somebody else's suffering, somebody else's pain, it's your pain also because tomorrow it could be you. At the same time, there is real trauma to be healed. And it's a long journey, just one night of protest and you know, maybe a week of protest. You're talking about like 400 years of systemic uh, institutional uh, 
uh, racism and that is a long journey you have, you cannot like overnight change it and that is where we need to build our inner resilience because if we don't uh, take care of our own uh, self then we will go through uh, blood pressure depression anxiety diabetes these are all like stress related ailments and yes we need to fight against the social injustice but that doesn't mean we cannot have peace within the two complement each other right only when you are uh, having that inner peace and conviction then you can fight uh, like a warrior like a graceful warrior however emotions are very high emotions are very high so for now i think we are just uh, praying that uh, violence stops because you know some of uh, my friends i was texting some of my friends uh, they have shops in santa monica and uh, their shops have been looted and they have nothing to do with this uh, uh, you know systemic racism like they are just immigrants uh, people of color having their own like small business and now it's gone so i think that is what violence does it somehow clouds you and that is where we just have to be very mindful of uh, the non violence philosophy of india uh, doesn't mean don't fight right it doesn't mean sit at home and relax gandhi was not sitting at home and relaxing he was leading a freaking movement right without any media at that time there was no facebook or there was no twitter but uh, it was like taking the masses along and same about dr martin luther king junior rosa parks like all these people who have given up their life so that you know my life as an immigrant is uh, happier now that's beautiful that's beautiful and i love how you you say that you know you're you're what what i hear you saying is that we're more effective when we come from a peaceful when we have that inner peace we become as you as you say you know you can become you can become more of a peaceful warrior when you come from a place of of peace within yourself and i think maybe that leads us to um the power of some of these ancient practices like breathing practices meditation you know more than ever i think people can use this mandar i mean would you recommend that that people find out learn about meditation find ways to create this inner peace yeah i think uh, you know like it's 2020 it's uh, it's a connected world like everything is on our phone <laughs> so uh, meditation maybe you know in the ancient days you would go to a guru or a teacher to get enlightened right but today you don't need to learn breathing and meditation exercises to be enlightened you could just learn it to have a better quality of life for you and your people around you uh so that is where uh, these practices because they are universal you don't need to be part of any particular religion or tradition to learn how to use your breath we are using our breath every day so just like we learned how to brush our teeth right brushing our teeth doesn't give us any joy like hey wow i feel so good after brushing my teeth we don't say that every day but it's like a ritual we just take this brush and we hopefully brush our teeth every day before we go out in the world the same is true for mental hygiene right and that is where these ancient practices uh, can be very powerful 
especially for an activist because self-care is often ignored self-care is often ignored and that's the beauty of an activist right they're they're giving up their life for a cause but that is where i i humbly request everyone who is an activist to know that activism is a long game it's not a flip the switch and everything falls in order right so that is where we need to learn how to take care of ourselves so that we can give the good fight and uh, secondly when we are peaceful ourselves we can build coalitions we can bring people around people will want to work with you because your energy your aura matters so i think for both reasons uh, checking out the science of breath where every emotion has a specific breathing pattern like anger sadness anxiety right all these emotions they have their specific breathing patterns using the breath you can delete your unwanted emotions so that you can show anger but you don't have to be angry and that's so powerful like showing anger yes of course we have to show anger we cannot just uh, tolerate uh, you know in this case racism or any injustice showing anger is absolutely important but being angry is not good for your own sake right i think that is where if people understand this subtle like borderline difference that inner peace doesn't mean relax and enjoy life right you can still fight a good fight well i love how you just put that because sometimes people just think well med- when they think meditation and breathing they just think about well it'll calm me down at which it which it will do but i like how you said it it actually directly can can control your emotions and you can breathe a certain way and change the you know the emotion that you're feeling based on your breathing which is you know the thinking is well you experience emotion and then you breathe a certain way but you could you're sort of flipping it around where well, you could breathe a certain way to experience a certain emotion correct correct that's amazing yeah i mean that is true for uh, you don't have to be an activist if you are uh, you know a parent or an educator and you want to discipline the child at home or at school many parents say that in the heat of the moment right hey if you do this again no dinner for you tonight <laughs> right yeah but that is the intention is they want to improve the child so that uh, the misbehavior doesn't get repeated so it is for disciplining the child of course the mother will feed the child even if in the heat of the moment she has said it right so that is where like discipline comes uh, with the intention of what's good for my child for that showing anger is the way to wake him up right hmm. but i don't i don't need to be angry is this subtle is subtle difference if uh, today people understand that non violence doesn't mean no violence right so violence comes in three phases one is violence in actions second is violence in the thoughts and the third is violence in speech mm. right so the philosophy of non violence ahimsa indian philosophy is uh, how can i remove the violent thoughts so that my speech is perfect and my actions are also perfect because it starts with thought right you have a thought and then you act on it mm. so uh, it's just we just have to educate ourselves and in this day and age uh, everything is on youtube <laughs> like you know meditate on youtube 
Yeah, it's true. You can find it all. You can find it all there. That's that's great. And I love how you just said you could show anger, but you don't have to be angry. I mean, that's a that's that's a distinction that you know that's a distinction that most people don't make, and that's uh, very profound. Very profound, I think. Yeah, and many people may say this: the, the oh, are you a Buddhist, <laughs> right? But there is nothing Buddhist about it. It's just common sense, right? Uh, Mendar, could you talk a little bit about your organization, Cities for Peace? I mean, that seems to be something that we really need to know about right now. What you're doing, I mean, in LA, but all over the world. Uh, maybe just tell people a little bit about what Cities for Peace is all about. Yeah. So uh, Cities for Peace is an initiative of the Art of Living Foundation. And uh, the Art of Living Foundation is a nonprofit organization that is based in over, over 150 countries. And uh, the cornerstone of the teachings of the Art of Living Foundation and my meditation teacher, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, is once you manage inner peace and once you have access to uh, ways to heal yourself, uh, reduce trauma, reduce suffering, reduce stress, what remains is the happy you, right? So it remains the happy, peaceful you. So uh, the workshops that we teach are to individuals who are uh, interested in learning about themselves. It's learning about, hey, how can I be happy amidst chaos? How can I be centered, right? Uh, the Cities for Peace initiative takes this, uh, you can say one or two levels, levels uh, deeper, is working with cities, police chiefs, mayors, to uh, create interventions on actively promoting peace rather than waiting for an act of violence, right? So usually when there is an act of violence, people talk about it because the media covers it. And uh, we uh, sometimes if we are human, then we will say, oh, it should not have happened. Yeah. Uh, and if we are even more compassionate, we will go and we will put flowers and candles and join a protest or a march. But that is after the fact. So Cities for Peace is uh, to reimagine peace through building capacity to promote compassion before an act of violence. Wow. Because there is a cost to violence, Drew. Like here in Los Angeles, uh, uh, my film was premiered by the Los Angeles Police Department. And I got to meet several people in the LAPD, including the chief of police. And uh, what I heard from them is that uh, there is uh, every homicide that happens here. Uh, the city taxpayer, can you guess how many, how much money is spent by the city of LA? How much on a murder? Well, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know how many thousands of dollars. Yeah, just add a few more zeros to it. It's a million dollars per homicide. Oh my goodness. That is, wow. Yeah, so now you look at the cost aspect of violence. Like there is a huge cost. If you could save just 1% or 10% or, you know, 50% of that number, you could put that funding into improving schools, improving the quality of education, bringing more public health. Mm. So uh, that's where the Cities for Peace is, uh, think of it like a consultancy. It's a peace consultancy uh, that is looking at uh, radical ways of uh, improving the quality of life 
and uh, you know mayors and police chiefs they are also looking for thought leadership on how to bring people together like today in a divided america that is the juice is how do you weave communities together think about the police and community tension it's real so now you need weavers you need people who will like weave a, a nice uh, you know community together i think that is where we need to have skillful peace builders who are peaceful themselves i think that is where cities for peace because the people that are on my team we are trained in meditation practice by my guru by my teacher and you know unless you heal your own trauma you cannot go and help other people so that is where a daily practice uh, helps you to not only be stress free peaceful but be sensitive be empathetic so that you can figure it out like it's a, it's uh, it's not just my way is the only way to peace right there are many other ways to bring peace in a neighborhood like here in la uh, we did something very beautiful last year too we brought together about uh, 200 people now in workshops that uh, brought uh, former gang members victims of gang violence and police officers from the lapd in one room and went through a boot camp on non violence and all sides have trauma it's not like uh, one side has less trauma and other side has more trauma so these seemingly polarized groups the one thing that you can say brought everybody together is i have trauma i want to learn how to heal myself right and then of course we do the breath and the meditation work and uh, once the trauma is healed then we start bringing people together as uh, you know experiences that can i can learn something about the other person so we wrote spoken word poetry together we did graffiti painting together like that was such an amazing joy to see former gang members uh, lapd officers writing poetry together and what comes out when these spoken word uh, you know pieces of art are red is tears <laughs> because the trauma is deep like these are all like amazing soulful people by nature unbelievable mender how many cities is this in right now i mean this should be in this should be in every city in the, in you know in the united states definitely but um is it in other cities beyond uh, los angeles so uh, proof of concept was in los angeles right a small city of los angeles Uh, and it was in the worst of the worst neighborhoods that is what i had asked the police chief is hey give me the worst of the worst neighborhood because if we can do something there and make a difference to people there we can pretty much do it in any other community especially in inner city america so that is where we are focused on is los angeles and now even within los angeles people have started hearing about that work so we have started like you know doing these things in other parts of la uh, but other city police chiefs have also heard about this i have helped them to do some aspects of this work we went to albuquerque new mexico last year i've become very good friends with that uh, police chief mike gayer and uh, chicago we did something in chicago uh, we did something in paris and rotterdam last year so different types of violence because each city has a different uh, you know culture has a different uh, 
set of issues. So we are open, like, but I think what is needed is people who are on the ground, who are part of the community and who want to learn how to be a change agent. I think that is where the movement of Cities for Peace will scale is when communities start hearing about this work and want to bring this work and actually themselves become a part of change. Because Mandar Apte or, you know, Cities for Peace uh, needs a local champion, needs a local uh, point of light. And it, it's not just one workshop, uh, right, Andrew? It's not just one workshop and the city of LA is peaceful. It's a long journey. We have just put the seeds out there. Now somebody needs to hold the seed together. I think that is where the community activists, whoever is listening to your podcast. Absolutely. We'll, we'll put the link to Cities for Peace um, so um, people that are interested can learn more about it. And hopefully this can just spread everywhere because we, we need these seeds desperately um, to, to be planted you know, all over the country and, you know, all over the world, really. Yeah, I think, Drew, you know, what this week has told me is that leadership matters today. Mm. And the decisions that leaders are making matters because the ripple effect is profound. So whether you are a nurse, whether you are a teacher in a school, a beat police officer, a police chief, a mayor, we need to bring these tools to leaders so that they can make decisions with compassion, right? Imagine a police officer, right? In the heat of the moment, if he's able to like calm down his emotions, so much can be changed. Mm. This training of uh, uh, managing emotions is uh, I think a capsule that needs to be integrated in education, leadership development, MBA programs, police trainings. So uh, that is what I tell my, uh, you know, African-American friends that this is also part of the change that we want because you cannot just blame the police because they just don't know sometimes how to manage their emotions. I have been in those shoes. I have had trouble managing my emotions. So imagine somebody who is in the front line of uh, first responder, right? So I think that is where we need to think about meditation as the chocolate that can heal the trauma on both sides, mm. right? Racism and systemic racism, there is trauma in everybody in the DNA that medical science has proven. So how you can learn the breath and meditation work so that you can be free of trauma. And on the other side, if you are a leader, a police chief or a mayor, can you be more compassionate? So meditation practice will definitely help you with self-compassion. And unless you are compassionate to yourself, you cannot be compassionate to somebody else. So I think that is where the opportunity is. The Cities for Peace program is... Uh, is willing to work with absolutely anybody who is breathing. We can help. We can be part of the solution. That's brilliant, brilliant. So, so Amanda, I've I've got two, two more two more questions, and these are the these two I ask everyone. So I just want to ask these two to you. Last two here. So, um, for anyone listening right now who is feeling a little powerless and hopeless uh, about their life and about their future, what would be one thing? that they can do today 
to begin to take their life in a new direction? If you had to just pick one thing that they could start doing, you know, right now. There are many things you can do. So I would, I would have said, uh, take a deep breath and, you know, be peaceful and quiet, but that may not be something that is easy for some people. So my, uh, the answer that comes to my mind is pick up your phone. And if you're not feeling hopeful, if you're feeling on the sad or depressed side of the house, pick up your phone and call somebody that is even more sad and even more uh, stressed than you and just hold their hand and just guide them through life. Uh, it will uplift you because service and showing compassion is the best way to, I think, uplift your spirit. So be of service to others, not just think about yourself. There are so many people you can help. Think of only one person, whether it's your mother or your best friend, childhood friend, or a young person who is struggling in his math exam, right? Call just one person today. That's beautiful. So beautiful. Um, okay, so my last, my last question, if you had the opportunity to travel back in time, um, say 30, 40 years ago, and to talk to your younger self, what words of wisdom would the current Mandar tell to his younger self if you had the opportunity to, to go back in time and talk to him? <laughs> Whatever pops into your mind. <laughs> I would say enjoy your life because life is beautiful. Don't be stressed and go through the math exam that I probably was punching and biting my nails. Just go through it, buddy. It's okay. In the long run, nobody cares. Just go through it. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of the old Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. So here's to getting started today, right now. Living with awareness, living with intention, and living with purpose. Stay well, everyone.